Hi, this is Brian Dooley from Human Rights First. I'm here with Stacey Strobel from the John Jay College uh, in New York where she teaches and she specialises in policing and diversity in policing. Uh, today we were talking about the need for the Bahraini security forces to uh, integrate more Shia into their ranks. Uh, it's almost an exclusively uh, Sunni force at the moment. Uh, why is that a problem? Well, I think it's a problem because as we know from best police practices in countries that are democratizing um, or interested in protecting human rights, that the uh, police should reflect the communities that they uh, serve. And that's really the gold standard in the profession of policing. I mean, some of our top police scholars have always said that um, policing is not just a technical or tactical engagement that's central to the profession, it is also interacting with various groups of society in you know, an equal and, and fair way. And so uh, this is something that in Bahrain hasn't historically happened because the, the force has been so Sunni dominated. Um, and if they are going to sort of move forward and um, stabilize their country in a way that doesn't create uh, so much tension uh, among communities, they're going to have to diversify their forces and you know, essentially power share on, on the most fundamental of levels. But it's not an easy thing to do, right, to, to bring wholesale reform to a police force or to a military. Are there other places that have done it successfully? Yes. Um, no, it's not an easy thing to do, and, and you need to do it um, in a very sort of intentional way. Um, but some places like Bosnia and Herzegovina um, have done that with UN peacekeepers and EU forces and so on who've come in and actually created training programs and recruitment programs that were um, from, you know, historically disempowered groups and brought them, you know, non-Serbs and Serbs in that case and brought them in. Uh, similar things have been done in Slovenia um, to try to work with Roma populations, and they're actually looking towards potentially offering um, a recruitment program for Roma. There's also very few Roma in Slovenia's force, and that poses uh, a problem of representation in, in certain communities. So it can be done, and we certainly did it in the United States uh, after the Civil Rights Movement. Right. Right. And so what are the dangers if a police force uh, continues really to select the overwhelming majority of virtually all of its recruits from one segment of society. What's wrong with that? Well, what we're seeing is we have, particularly with Bahrain, um, we have a group that just simply doesn't um, at all question uh, a state-sponsored attack on its own people in, in this sense. Uh, Sunnis in, in policing uh, in Bahrain largely come from other con countries. They really don't understand the complex um, communities on the ground, and so when they get an order to be heavy-handed, uh, they have nothing to go on but the order. They don't. They simply don't have um, necessarily a respect for those communities or understand them, and that translates into daily interactions. Right? If I don't know or respect uh, the person that I'm interacting with, even on the most fundamental of levels, even in you know a traffic stop or something, mm -hmm. that these things escalate and we. And, and can become more of a problem, and it's dangerous. Because I mean, many of the, uh, certainly recent, and, and going back some time to uh, recruits to the Bahraini police force have been drawn from countries outside of Bahrain, um, from Pakistan, from Yemen, from, uh, from Syria, from Jordan, and other places. And uh, again, as far as we understand, almost exclusively uh, from the Sunni sect, uh, but not only are they um, uh, not representative of the Bahraini majority population of Shia, they're, they're not Bahraini at all until they're fast-tracked into citizenship. Yes, that's, that's what I saw when I was doing my ethnographic research there and what I continue to see as I follow the trends. So how, given that it's a difficult problem, how is it fixed? 
Well, I think um, you need to have uh, pressure coming from a major U.S. ally like the United States that basically says we're no longer going to engage with you, giving you the good things that you want. So in this case, it would be military weapons and training uh, until you make an active effort to reform your police and include this historically disempowered group. So um, that would be the first start. Um, and I think that the top leadership needs to recognize that they can't do the kinds of human rights training and the kinds of human rights approaches that they've been doing uh, the last few years, which are really just classroom exercises that, that go no further than that. Um, and to demand something that's more interactive, that brings the community in. So I would like to see joint training. I would like to see commun community opposition leaders actually acting as pedagogical partners with the police in working with their recruits and with their officers. And it would be just as much about intergroup dialogue as about the profession of policing. And that through an effort like that, with media coverage, with community meetings around that, um, you can begin to sort of chip away and expose um, attitudes that aren't going to be conducive to overall public security in a, in a democratic environment. So if policing is one of the most difficult problems for a society like Bahrain to address, is, is that the place to start? It is, actually. I mean, I think that this is something that's very interesting um, that I've been sort of wrestling with. I and mean, we saw this as being the centerpiece of um, Northern Ireland's reform efforts uh, after the Good Friday Agreement, that mm -hmm. it wasn't just about bringing in the Catholic community and you know, having an ombudsman and so on, which did happen, it was also about training and it was also about human rights. And there were many grassroots efforts that involved communities at a pretty local level um, that also helped make the difference in, in turning that country towards a, a better path. And so it's, it's what we're learning in police scholarship is that it's more than just policing. And the reason that policing tends to resonate a bit farther than just itself is that these are the government officials that are on the front lines to, of day-to-day -day life. And so if the police begin to change their tune, it's felt. It's felt by the people in the, in the souks, the marketplace. It's felt by you know, the people being stopped for small traffic violations. It really can change things very quickly, actually. And so it's a place to start. It also helps to build good institutional capacity for democratization. I mean, you need to start somewhere. Um, and it, if, it, if the public can be convinced that something is changing that they can see and they see policing, mm -hmm. then their attitudes towards more hidden agencies in the government could improve too. Okay. All right. Thank you very much, Stacey. Thanks, uh, thanks for explaining that to us. And uh, we'll talk to you again. All right. Thank you.